So I know why everybody's here today. The Bad Batch, right? The Bleeping Bad Batch. Today's Monday, January 22nd, 2024. 2024, our first episode of 2024. Um, So if you're here... Yeah. If you're here for the first time or just been anticipating like a few of you have uh, referred to us as slackers for not putting out a new episode yet... (laughs) It was all in fun, but I I laughed. I thought it was great. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's almost the end of January, and and it took us a minute to get back. But uh, if you're new or if you're a regular, welcome back to Clone Army Radio. We are back for our first episode of 2024. And I am downstairs. I'm making my dinner. I'm minding my own business. And Nick shouts from upstairs, It's a And all hell breaks loose. I had my notes. I was organized. I was ready. And then Star Wars decided to drop a trailer and a poster to announce the final season of The Bad Batch. Right? Like, like how dare they interrupt our planned return to mm-hmm. the pod mm-hmm. by giving us a beautiful and wonderful trailer for season yeah, three of The Bad Batch. Yeah, a beautiful, wonderful trailer <laughs> that we're all deeply obsessed with and gave me goosebumps. I think I've watched it about five times. So before we go too far, introduction in case you're new, I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by... I am Charlie, hello. The best Ray cosplayer in the galaxy. stop. No, I won't stop. You don't want me to stop anyways. No, I (laughs) don't. You could listen to me talk about you all day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Any excuse to have my cosplay praised and adored. I'll take it, honestly. I'm not actually that self-centered, I promise. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So we're back. And like we were saying, Charlie was saying, we had this whole planned episode as our as our return we're still going to do it all there was so much star wars news in the last couple of weeks uh big time really in the last Mm -hmm. week and a half some good some bad but mostly good mostly exciting uh but i think since i know why most people will be tuning in i think we should just talk about that bad batch trailer and charlie how many times did i all caps the f word about my excitement for seeing spoiler alert Ventress in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched the trailer, it's your own fault. Need to catch up. Need to stay on top of it. Right. Um, I think you sent me the F word around about a hundred times, I would say. <laughs> on a, a solid average. Um that is Johnny's uh, wife. That is yes. his Star Wars wife. Alongside Sabine and Shin and Hera and Ahsoka and I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep going. There's more. <laughs> All of the wives, I will admit, um, going straight onto social media after the trailer dropped, the only thing people were talking about was Asajj Ventress, because obviously this ties into the book. Dark Disciple. Dark Disciple, thank you. One of the best books ever. Yeah, I was going to give you the floor for Dark Disciple, because it's not one I've read. I read the synopsis on Wikipedia, and that was it. Charlie, Charlie. 
look over here. <laughs> I told you like two years ago you got to read that book. I know. Well, I got a Kindle for Christmas, I'm, so I'm going to put it on my Kindle when I'm done with this episode, and I will start reading it tonight. Just as fast as we've returned, we are leaving. Click. Definitely read it. Uh, and yeah, uh, I've seen since then, plus Charlie, you showed me um, that the director for The Bad Batch is saying that they're honoring everything that took place in the Dark Disciple book. So mm-hmm. everybody just kind of chill out and, and let this happen. Let's see what happens. But yeah. So we see Asajj Ventress with her look that she has in the book of the blonde hair and the yellow lightsaber. Um, the yellow lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, Charlie, look. Dang it. She's headless. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared. I started this custom Asajj Ventress. Actually, you've probably seen it. I shared it on our Clone Army Instagram. I have to oh. paint her and stuff, but I started working on her, gave her some hair, and she's got a, um, it's the body from a G.I. Joe figure nice. that I've, I've sanded down so I can paint. I just haven't finished her yet. Now they're probably going to make the figure, which is fine with me as well, but uh, The Bad Batch Season 3, that was kind of out of nowhere, right? I mean, we knew that it was coming, but there hasn't been any chatter other than rumors for a few months. There's been there's been rumors. However, a couple of days ago, um, Star Wars UK posted some bad batch pictures from season two and was like, "Oh, remember, <clears throat> remember everything that happened in season two? Oh my goodness!" And people were like, "Hmm, are you dropping a trailer soon? Are you are you hinting?" And lo and behold, several days later, we get a full trailer. Crazy. You know what's funny is I think I. I can't remember if I if I sent it to you or if I posted it on our Instagram, but I saw I didn't know that I didn't know there was a trailer yet. I just saw the announcement of season three and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. nice. This is great. I was at an appointment looking at my phone and I saw that. And then I hear about the trailer as I'm hearing that there is a trailer. Charlie's messaging me <laughs> all caps as usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, there's a trailer. So I had to watch the trailer the first time with mute because I didn't want to be rude in the waiting room I was in and, you know, play it out loud, but it was awesome. And I saw Ventress and I saw Captain Rex, I believe. And it, it looks like we're seeing clones versus stormtroopers. Like I've been begging for, it's looking like it's going to be really exciting. I, I really, really was blown away. Like it took me a while to get on board with Bad Batch. I'll be honest. Season one was a bit, a bit, a little slow, a little bit of a struggle to get through. But then once season two hit, I was, I was in it. I was invested. Um, delighted to see my baby Omega again. I'm, she, she's older. She's grown up. Her hair's different. She looks more mature. She looks stronger. That's super, super exciting. Um, people are definitely going to die. And I don't know if I'm ready to have my heart ripped out like that again, but here we are. It's I, Star Wars, it's tradition. I'm willing to bet Echo's going to bite the dust. Wow, yeah, we had Echo in the trailer, we had Cab Bane, we had Fennec Shan, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we had uh, Cody, Rex, anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. I love how they're, they're dubbing it one, was it one last fight? Yeah. I'm excited. I This is the first time I've been excited for the Bad Batch, I think. I think maybe season one when it first started, I was excited. But then I watched the first episode and I was just like, mm, OK, <laughs> you know, I don't even think me and Leto covered the first season because we weren't really into it. Uh, but the second season had some really good, good story arcs, good character episodes mm. like like the one that always comes to mind is the Crosshair episode when he's like on that snowy planet. And uh, 
God, I can't remember that clone's name. He had like the bandages on his armor. Yes, I know who you mean. I think he's super cool. Yeah, um, that was a really good episode. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to really say. Like, I watched it on mute and then we just watched it together mm-hmm. before we started the episode and i'm just i won't say the words that came out of my mouth but of course i was you know using the expletives because mm-hmm. i'm just i'm excited i haven't been i don't think honestly i've been that excited about new star wars in a while like looking forward to but not like like when i saw ventress i i had goosebumps for like a good 10 minutes I, yeah i really did i i mean give me all the ventress so we are getting a three episode premiere on the on February the 21st, which is super, super exciting. And I wonder if I'm just going to throw speculation at you now. This is what I've, I have theorized from the trailer in my very excited little brain. Um, I think Omega looks slightly different ages in the clips that we see of her. The clip at the beginning versus the clip at the end when she's in the ship. I wonder if there's going to be a bit of a time jump. Um, if we're getting a three-episode premiere, if that sets up the first part of the story and then there's a little bit of a skip. Um, I think the Palpatine scenes are really important where he's talking about, um, I will do anything for this plan to succeed. And I think they are finally threading back to the kind of strand cast concepts. Palpatine needs a Force-sensitive clone to transport his soul into so he can continue being the Emperor. I think we're finally, finally getting that wrap-up from Rise of Skywalker, and that is super, super exciting. I wonder if Asajj is the clone. I wonder if he's talking specifically mm. about Omega. It There's a lot. So how does this Dark Disciples thing fit in? Because the supervising director and one of the EPs, Brad Rao, said, we love Asajj. She's a character that we've been wanting to tell more stories about. And he said, we don't want to spoil anything, but we want fans to know that the new storytelling with Ventress will align with the events of Star Wars Dark Disciple. So I'm thinking maybe a flashback, but it can't. And you know how trailers are where they cut things in and out but it looked like mm-hmm. she was talking to uh clone force 99 when she said i yes. i didn't come here to kill you but it's tempting or however she said it in the trailer mm. um she could be speaking to those guys or it could be like i said you know how trailers are edited she could be talking to someone entirely different i mean spoiler alerts for everybody out there that has not read dark disciple but i think it's important to bring it up Asajj Ventress dies in that book. Like, she's dead. So, if they're going to honor and things are going to line up with that story, which they should, because that story, I think, is supposed to be canon. And they can't keep screwing with canon. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> it just it makes it so messy that people just start questioning everything in storytelling when they start screwing with canon. But uh, So, it could be a flashback, or like you said, it possible that she's a clone some kind of strand cast situation um Mm -hmm. i'm kind of hoping that she just somehow survived but i feel like i don't know so many characters are getting killed and coming back that maybe maybe her being a clone would be better so i yeah i wonder if yeah (laughs) i'm gonna put my money in the jar of clone or flashback those yeah i definitely think I would agree. Those are the same jars for me, definitely. Regardless, something very big is happening, and I'm really, really excited. I just wonder if that opens the door to seeing Quinlan Voss again, since... Uh, Yes, because he was name-dropped in the Kenobi series. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was one of my favorite parts of that show, and I already forgot about it. (laughs) Uh, Terrible. 
I know. But yeah, I mean, those two, obviously, Voss and uh, Ventress were totally connected. They fell in love with each other. I'm spoiling the book because I'm sorry. People need to read it. It's I've I've read it. I've listened to it. It's really good. Maybe we'll see the two of them in this. That would be awesome. Would be lovely. Quinlan became one of my favorite characters because of that book. It's just it's so good. Read it. I'm telling you. Okay. And okay. okay, I'm reading it. I'll start reading it tonight. <laughs> the biggest thing, everybody out there, just not just you, Charlie, but everybody out there. One of the biggest things about it is George Lucas's daughter helped write that it was a four episode Clone Wars arc that it was supposed to be in the yes! Clone Wars, and she helped I write read it. About this. So, I mean that that right there is golden. And speaking of golden, Christy Golden is the writer of the book. But uh, yeah, I, I can't endorse it enough. It's so good. So, so good. Um, nice. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what role she's playing in this story, but I, I can't wait to find out. I can't. It's going to be interesting. They're going to infiltrate Mount Tantus, it looks like, because that's where Omega is, right? Omega. Um, Omega. <laughs> which is a, it's kind of exciting because I just finished re-listening to the Thrawn trilogy for like the billionth freaking time because it's so good. <laughs> nice yeah and the last part of the the third book the last command is when they infiltrate mount tantus so i'm going to be kind of watching and see what maybe they pulled from that story to add to this one obviously it'll be very different because that was luke mara han lando and chewie Mm -hmm. doing it (sighs) i don't know i'm excited charlie i really am I, i i wasn't expecting to be sitting in a waiting room, <laughs> you know, I mean, I had, I'm just, I had an appointment, nothing bad. I had, I was just getting some work done on my truck, but, uh, wasn't expecting to get a bad batch trailer while I'm sitting there. And I couldn't just like go, yeah, I mean, I could have, but I probably would have scared the old lady sitting next to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is so exciting. But I am curious to discuss the point. So this is the final season of Bad Batch. They're like officially declaring like done and dusted after this. Um, because we've seen so many characters from Clone Wars and Rebels transition into live action. And this point excludes kind of Tales of the Jedi. But I think Tales of the Jedi exists kind of separately from the kind of main stories in a way. Um, I wonder if this is Star Wars being kind of done with animated series now that sort of Rebels is finished and Clone Wars is finished and especially with like the Mando movie that's coming out and this push for kind of streaming TV and film. I really do wonder if they're going to move away from animation. I don't think they will. I mean, no. I no. I mean, it just seems to be like, it's such a huge portion of the storytelling. Look at, okay, we are legit prequel uh, trilogy fans, you and I. Yes. But... So many people that were not, and even people that were, will say the Clone Wars did wonders for that trilogy. Mm-hmm. It even even I agree. Like it, yeah. It, it I mean, just the the brotherhood of Obi Wan and Anakin adds to when I watch Revenge of the Sith, which I've seen a billion times. I can't help but have more tears in my eyes at that part when you know the "You Were My Brother" part. It kills me. It killed me before. But it does so much more because you see seasons one through seven of these guys. And so that alone, but then you look at Rebels, which I was a little iffy on at first, but I've grown to just love the hell out of. Me too. That shows like so much of 
you know, the building of the empire and, and what the empire is doing to some of these smaller planets or villages and whatever, and how ruthless they can be. And it brought Thrawn into canon. And I just, I think that the, the animation, the animated series are very important. The, uh, what do they call that? The, the anime one. I can't even remember what it's called right now. Visions. Visions. Those, I think they could probably do away with. Maybe even Tales of the Jedi, even though there's supposed to be more of those. Another season, at least. But I think these larger ones, like, could you imagine, Charlie, if they did either after Return of the Jedi animated or right around when Luke started training Kylo Ren or uh, Ben Solo animated to kind of work towards The Force Awakens? I I've been speculating that that would be their next like section of an animated series if they do it. But I, I, I get what you're saying that it's possible. I mean, especially with Dave moving over to live action, um, being a director and writer for well movies now and TV or streaming series. Mm. And he's been the one for these animated series. Now, whether he's he been very involved in, this last season of the bad batch. I don't know because he's been very busy, but I'm sure, you know, with his promotion that he got, he's got to have some kind of input for it. So I I can see what you're saying that maybe because they don't have, in my opinion, they don't have anyone that would fill his shoes to Mm. push the animation forward. But with it being such a big influence on the storytelling, I don't, I don't know that they would just be, you know, washing their hands of it. No, I I recognise that the animation side of Star Wars absolutely anchors a huge part of the fan base and is so important to so many of us. I mean, look at the response to this season three trailer from Bad Batch. I have, there are Star Wars fans gnawing at the bars of their cage. They're absolutely feral over it. It's wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also recognise with Filoni being made kind of creative director, it does limit sort of what he's able to do and because there's these films coming out and there's there's a lot if we get the chance later in the episode i will break down kind of some of the upcoming star wars projects that we know to be confirmed and it is a long list right and and with that um they need to get this stuff right these these live actions especially the movies i think the longer they put off getting a movie in the theater the more all of us fans are going to have the microscope on them. We're going to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, show us why this is taking so long. (laughs) Yeah. It's important for Dave to be more involved in all of that. So I I get it. I get it. I mean, maybe it'll just be a break from animation for a little while so they can get these other stories finalized and situated and at least far into production to where maybe Dave can put his attention somewhere. I mean, do you think he would even want to go back to animation? Probably. He's an artist. He's an artist. It's where, I mean, the, like, we'll get to this in a bit, but obviously, like, the image for Ahsoka season two was, um, like a storyboard, an, an animated styled storyboard image right. of Ahsoka and Sabine stood on the big, the big stone finger. I don't think he'll ever step away from at least animation as a creative tool, even, even if it's not animation that's being kind of broadcast and published to us. Yeah. It's the space that helps craft kind of these characters that he loves and adores so much, like Ahsoka and Sabine and Hera and Kanan and all of these special, special characters. But the Star Wars slate is starting to fill up a little bit. It is pretty stacked, if any of it actually happens. <laughs> if any of it actually happens. So, on the 9th of January, 
out of the blue, like with this Bad Batch stuff, Star Wars social media pages and website dropped a very, very, very exciting post. They announced that a Mando and Grogu film is coming to the big screen. Directed by John Favreau and produced by Favreau, Kennedy and Filoni, production starts later this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. What? Pardon? Hello? <laughs> I mean, first of all, the, the rumors were, I guess, right, right? That there was going to be a wow, Mando movie. That's what I meant to do. I need to start <laughs> this section actually with an apology. I need to eat my words because a good couple of weeks ago, I spent about 10 minutes absolutely slamming into my microphone about how, no, they wouldn't turn it into a movie. That is stupid. That is silly. Why would they do that when the TV show is so successful? And lo and behold, the rumors were correct. And I was wrong. Well, 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 let me have your back a little bit, though. Okay. Aww. I mean, I was there with you, but uh, <laughs> also they've not said that there is not going to be a season four. I've heard that there will be a season four. And I have also heard this. Nothing's been so, uh, solidified yet. But so in your defense, they're going to do both. It looks like so you're not you don't have to eat that many words. Just eat a couple. <laughs> Well, okay, maybe maybe a couple. Uh, it's yeah. I, immediately, I shared this to my story and was like, "What is this? Is this is this the Dave Filoni Mandalorian film? That is, if they retitled it, is it? Oh, is right, this something yeah. completely new? And what sparked were many many messages of debate between like, no, it's new, and no, it's not. Turns out, it is a brand new film that's being added to the three movies, three, four, five movies that we sort of already know about. Right. I think the biggest the biggest part of it is uh, John Favreau, Favreau, however you want to pronounce it, directing this big oh. screen. Um, yes. I mean, he's a pro. He's been doing this stuff for a long time now. And look what he did with, with Iron Man. I mean, if he wasn't involved with Iron Man, would the MCU even be what it is? I don't know. That is a very good point. Yeah. So I, of course, I was excited to hear that there's a Mandalorian and Grogu movie because... I mean, I love those characters. They're they're new, they're fun, but then hearing Favreau directing and Filoni and Favreau producing, obviously Kathleen Kennedy's producing. That's her job. Yes, <laughs> but, that uh, is literally her job. <laughs> right. So before anybody wants to get moody about it. <laughs> so I mean, I was just I was I was really excited to hear. Uh, congrats to him because he. I just started rewatching season two of The Mandalorian. I tried to rewatch it a while back, got distracted. But that first episode, The Marshal, he directed. And it, mm-hmm. that is like such a cinematic episode. Yes, exactly. It's it's so dang it good. Perfection. Put, put him on a big screen uh, project. I, I think he deserves it, too. He's been with Star Wars for quite a while now, and he gets it. Everyone's always... I'm trying to give John Favreau credit that he doesn't really need from me, but everybody's always like Filoni this, Filoni that. Yes. Always overshadowing the guy that created the Mandalorian series. Could he have done it just as well without Dave by his side? Who knows? But but this is John's project, and I'm very happy that he gets to to take it to the big screen. I I feel like um, our former co-host Lito mentioned season three when we were doing those episodes he was like it kind of feels like the b team for season three and i never really looked at it that way because i was just you know when we're doing after shows i'm 
focused on what happened and what I liked, what I didn't, all of that. But mm-hmm. he made a really valid point. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell that Favreau and Filoni were off doing other projects and leaving season three to, no offense, the B team. But you could tell Favreau was working on Skeleton Crew. Filoni was working on Ahsoka. They were pulled in different directions to where now with this film, you know that's going to be getting all of their attention, all of their creativity. Because, like I said a little bit ago, they need to get a movie in the theaters and they need to make it work. So um, I'm happy for them. Just I I, I want to see John and Dave do all kinds of Star Wars projects. I've said it a billion Me times. Too. They just they have that excitement. They have that George Lucas feel to them. And it makes me happy. You know, not everything has to be George Lucas, but, you know, he's the guy that created it. So we, when people are, are showing their influence of what George did for the for Star Wars, it's nice to see. So I'm happy for I'm happy about that. I saw a lot of people kind of jaded about it, too, though, online. Like, people are just like, oh, whatever. But I also get that. A lot of people are like, I'm not going to believe there's a movie coming out until I'm at the theater purchasing my tickets. Yeah, I'm sat down. I've got my popcorn and I'm ready to go. (laughs) I get that because, oh, my God, I I have a thought. And I know, like, Kathleen Kennedy is a touchy subject for people. I get it. But I start (laughs) to wonder how many zeros how many losses can she get because it just seems like hey you know we're gonna do rogue squadron that was done all these things that she's announced interestingly you would think that um all of these cuts and all of these changes and people like to some people like to argue that star wars and disney's acquisition of star wars has actually lost the disney company money it has not disney has absolutely smashed its profits over the last quarter It's making more than I think it's ever made in the history of Disney. And that is because so much. Something else I saw pointed out in a video um, that I watched regarding kind of all of this news. Uh, The last time we had a Star Wars film in theatres was 2019. And that was The Rise of Skywalker. Between then and now, the MCU has released 10 films. So I understand Star Wars' need to kind of sit back a little bit. Because if there's so much oversaturation in that market, it becomes difficult to find a niche in. And especially people were hurt by the Rise of Skywalker. People were burnt by it. I get it. I really do. Oh, my goodness. I have a question. A question. <laughs> yeah, a question. I think I've kind of ripped through most of what I wanted to say about the Mandalorian and Grogu other than... Whatever. I'm just going to say it. I think other people have probably said it. I've been kind of avoiding a lot of the social media shit, but stuff. Oops, I swore. Swear jar. Since the Mandalorian and Grogu film was kind of announced out of nowhere, do you think it's because of the controversial, and I'm using air quotes, comments from Charmino Bade Shinoi about the it's about time a female shapes the galaxy of Star Wars? Do you think because... I do know that people were doing their usual freaking out online about the comment. Ah, uh, yes. And of course, everyone's like taking it whichever you know contextual contextual way that they want to. But yeah. do you think because Star Wars keeps getting a lot of bad PR? Do you think they released Hi. this announcement of the Mandalorian and Grogu to to shift? You're nodding your head, but uh, I see this on TV, not on TV, in politics. Like governments and media will quickly 
with you know shift attention from one thing to another and the one thing that comes to my mind because it's fairly fresh was over here in the u.s they were doing a lot of the epstein stuff going on and all of a sudden there's this weird balloon floating in the sky in america and everyone's like oh there's this balloon is this an alien aircraft is this a spy plane from china like all this stuff totally wiped everybody's attention off the epstein stuff so I'm wondering if this is, I hate to bring up politics in our podcast, but Hi. it's relevant to what I'm trying to, my point I'm trying to make is regardless of what she said, how she said it, Lucasfilm's like, oh crap, let's, all right, we were going to really make this announcement, you know, in three weeks, let's do it today. And I think uh -huh. it worked because things got quiet other than that YouTuber guy, things got quiet and everyone was talking about the Mando stuff. I'm sorry, I'm talking like a lot without giving you a chance to say anything. No, about no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just like, you're, you're in the flow of it. I'm not going to interrupt that. It does definitely feel like a little bit of a, a kind of PR management. So the stuff with Abate and I, I wanted to kind of cover anyway, and I will briefly, briefly, briefly brush over it. Um, obviously, her comments regarding it's about time a woman changed the galaxy were very, very much taken out of context. She was asked specifically, how does it feel to be, first and foremost, not only a woman, but a woman of colour, to be directing a Star Wars film? And yes, while women have contributed to the editing, the creation, um, the writing of Star Wars, we've never actually had a woman direct a film from start to finish. That's really That's cool, in my That's opinion. Yeah. So, of course, that was taken out of context and turned into, she hates Star Wars, she thinks Star Wars is sexist. It isn't. <laughs> um, and there have also been some jumping on some comments she made way back in 2015 oh, regarding making men uncomfortable, yeah. which is absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars and very much to do with the sex trafficking of women in Pakistan. Very yeah. different very very different <laughs> i won't mention the, the that... podcast name kind of if i can interrupt really quick i won't mention their name because they would never mention ours but they they talked about this and they they were right on with what you were saying and they made they just they did such a great job explaining it um about life over there and they're like this yeah. and, and they immediately were like this was from 2015 when she was telling yes. that to john stewart i i'll I'll be honest with you, Charlie. When I first heard that, I was like, what the is this crap? You know, like, what is going on here? We don't need this in Star Wars. And then I, you know, come to find out that it was a long time ago, almost 10 years ago at this point. So I give credit to that other show because they really just, they locked in and were like, look, this is what this is yeah. about. Everybody needs to just kind of sit down and chill and, and take a breath. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted no, no, to throw no, that no, out no. Um, there are plenty, plenty, plenty of articles that explain it much, much better than I ever could. Um, but it, 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 is been, it has been frustrating over the last couple of weeks to see the fandom <clears throat> kind of devolve back into that immediate fast-paced foot-on-the-gas-pedal response of, oh my God, this makes me rage because rage equals engagement. Right. And yeah, good news and positive news and exciting Star Wars news is great, but you have to pump that out at like a speed of knots. Otherwise, the negativity will always end up taking over. This does feel a little bit like some kind of PR management to just sort mm. of calm us all down, sedate us all a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. So we all sort of sit there and go, actually, I, I, you like Star Wars, I like Star Wars, it's what Star Wars, it's Star Wars. Pretty much, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's so, honestly, it's so annoying to see the negativity, like, 
take over everything though I, I get it i get the comments i understand what people were looking at i was one of them until i took the step back and, and looked at it and then heard other people's points of view on it and that is the difference like ignorance is like ignorance without the ability to learn the difference is one thing ignorance where you choose not to learn and choose not to change your viewpoint or perspective is something entirely different in my opinion and you see that on twitter all the time like i'm trying you to wean do. myself off of there because it's it, that's exactly Good. what it is people don't want to listen or yeah. learn that where they're standing isn't exactly the the best spot you know they're just like mm -hmm. nope i'm mm -hmm. it's stubbornness like i'm a stubborn yes. sob you know <laughs> so i get it Same. to a point but when it comes to something i love i want star wars to be successful okay that's yes. what i want that is all i want <clears throat> you know i mean i just showed you my new black series lightsaber i'm always just buying stuff and and i have lately i like charlie and i we talk to each other not while we're podcasting and and i'm like you know a lot of this negativity in the fandom kind of makes me want to step away it's bad sometimes not directed at me but directed just out into the universe and and george lucas that's not what he would have wanted with star wars okay no. even though he sold it and he's retired and chill he doesn't want star wars to be looked at that way he made it for kids we're all big kids, you know, watching it now, but shouldn't us big kids be able to process information better? <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, I understand when you're dealing with things that are so deeply and intrinsically linked to people's childhoods, like especially with this kind of more recent concept of nurturing your inner child and loving your inner child and healing your inner child. These are all really important things to do for your mental health, etc. For a lot of us, Star Wars is a really, really key part of that. And I can hear through all the noise and all of the rage and all of the misogyny and all of the vileness, what I'm hearing is Star Wars isn't like it used to be. It doesn't feel the same anymore. That's okay. Well, that is okay, but you don't have to scream at the people who like it to get your point across. Right. And that's the thing is it's not going to, like for me, I told you, I saw The Return of the Jedi in the theater at four years old. I'm 45. I hate, hate admitting that I'm 45, but I'm 45 years old. It's not going to hit the same way as it did when I was four. I'm New Star Wars is definitely not going to get like nostalgia and all that, but I'm not going to just anticipate everything. You know? yeah. and, also, and there's a whole new generation of Star Wars fans who deserve to feel the way about it we did when we were kids. Like, we can step right. back. We can sit down for a while and just let the kids have it. Let the kids play with the toy lightsabers and the Lego sets and the action figures and run around and play Jedi and Sith in the playground like that. I want the kids to have that with all of this new Star Wars. Yeah. And I think Mandalorian and Grogu are a brilliant vessel to get the kids on board. <laughs> I agree. But also, also Rey being not even just for, for young girls, but anybody that's a Star Wars fan. It's mm -hmm. a new character. It's this new universe for these little... I mean, could you imagine? I get this feeling like these people on social media that are just like angry about everything new. I mean, are they like going around yelling at kids on the playground? Yeah, like, exactly. Star Wars fucking sucks! You know? What's wrong with you? Like, throwing stuff at them? Like, that's what I feel like these people would do. They probably wouldn't. It's, you know, when you're hiding behind a screen, you can say whatever the heck you want. Yeah, like you said, these these newer generations, 
I, I would feel bad if somebody made a young kid, a young four year old look at like, we'll just say the Mandalorian and Grogu say they're going to see it. They just know baby Yoda. And then someone makes them feel bad because they went to see it or something, exactly. you know, that's not how it should be. But social media is just a cesspool of whatever. And it looks like. <laughs> yeah. I have a question that mm-hmm. has to do uh, one. I guess my last thing to do with, uh, Charmino Bade Shinoy, I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Yes. And we've we've heard a couple rumors. I sent you something before I looked into it. It's canceled, not canceled, but you know, uh what did they say? Something indefinitely, delayed indefinitely or whatever. Which delayed ended indefinitely. Up, which ended up being wrong. But do you think just for past recent Star Wars stuff, do you think this opens the door for Charmino Bade Shinoy to be kind of nudged out the door? I would be, as as a Star Wars fan, I would be deeply devastated to see her potentially lose such a huge opportunity that she rightly deserves. She is an Oscar and Emmy Award winning director, if people are not aware of this. Oscar winning. Mm-hmm. Due to a very, very, very small group of fans starting seemingly an absolutely insane hate campaign, which now makes her look bad, makes her look bad for Star Wars's image and Star Wars's kind of wider reputation, especially when certain creators, certain YouTube creators are involved who have big voices and big platforms. Right. Right. No, it. I worry that maybe some there is some truth in these rumors and Disney are looking at replacing her because this does not make it look this does not make the movie look good this is not this is not the hype and excitement that they wanted and it but it unfortunately it's her wording i feel like if she had worded that one interview not the uncomfortable one that was years ago but the recent one about it's about time blah 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 if she had just either said it differently or maybe not said it like said something else leave that to like after the movie is out and she can sit back and be like, you know, this is what I was looking to do. I just think that the way she worded it, regardless, it it created this bad PR. And I feel like that's it's unfortunate. I'm not I'm not saying that she should be fired. You know, whatever. Make a good fucking movie. Pardon my language. Just make a movie, babe. Yeah, that's all just I care about. You know, but uh, <laughs> but I feel like I mean, look at Patty Jenkins. They did this whole like reasoning of why she was going to make rogue squadrons and you know respect to her father and all this other stuff and then they're like see ya wonder woman 2 sucked you know so i mean they're not really afraid to just get rid of people for situations like this i don't Mm. know i feel like yeah i feel like it's opened the door at least cracked that door open if anything and we'll see how it goes i don't uh, i don't think the movie will get canceled I don't think the movie will get canceled because they've got Daisy Ridley Mm. in. So that one, I think that's set in stone regardless. But writers, I mean, a writer has already changed once, so that could change again. Directors can come and go, you know what I mean? So I guess we'll just, we'll see what happens. But I think that that's still pretty far out regardless because they're, um, uh, what's his name? Steven, is it Steven Wright? The guy that's working on the script? Uh, yes, I think so. I believe Peaky so. Blinders guy. I think he said that he's still doing rewrites. So, I mean, they're definitely not is, ready yes. to do any filming yet. Um, also, so, obviously, the industry is still recovering from the impact of the strikes. So any right. kind of speed with this is relatively limited. I thought you might be interested to know that there are three dates that have been announced for Star Wars films. No idea what they are 
which one's going to be when, but there's the 22nd of May, 2026, the 18th of December, 2026. So two Star Wars films in one year. Uh-oh. And then the 17th of December, 2027. They're really going to do two movies in one year again. Yeah, because wasn't Solo and well, Rise of Skywalker came out at the same time? Yeah, they weren't like the same year. No, well, it was the last. Time, but... The last Jedi was December, and then Solo was May, and Solo got hit with the brunt of the reactions to the Last it Jedi. Did. And I, even though it's still, actually a really good film, I know that makes me so mad because it wasn't. It wasn't Solo. It was just everybody's. Well, not everybody. I would say, what, 50, 45% of the fandom's feelings about The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people love the movie. They think it's brilliant. Some people, it's their favorite. Yada, yada. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us, you know, us, me, not us, me and Charlie, a lot of us did not like it. And it, I almost didn't go and see Solo because of it. So I know lots of other people did the same thing. I went to see it like weeks after it came out. I'm like, you know what? I need to go see it. I love Han Solo and I love the movie. It's one of my favorites, but to see them go with two movies in one year again, that's, that's ballsy in my opinion, especially when I, like I said earlier, they need these movies to be successful. They need them to be good. If you know what happens if the one in May tanks, are they going to be like, Oh, we're just going to yoink this December one out of here. We'll move it around. Yeah. Well, I think the Mandalorian and Grogu is going to be the first one. Whether that's going to be that May 2026 or sooner, I don't know. I know they said that that was going to... It was originally rumored that the Ray film was going to be first. But now they're, yes. now they're saying, at least... I don't have any sources in front of me, but I know that they were saying that the Mandalorian and Grogu would be the first one. So it's set to go into production later this year. Yeah, I've, I've seen quite a lot of... Uh, rumors about back to this mando and grogu thing if you see the rumor that ray might be appearing so obviously the mandalorian happens in about 9 aby and the force awakens happens in 34 aby so there's at least a solid period of time for which to do both season four of mandalorian and the mando and grogu movie and lead us straight into the force awakens Mm. if not further on than that because there's only 30, there's only a year between Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. You're saying you heard rumors that Ray is going to appear in the Mando movie? Yeah. That's weird. But there are also rumors that Ray may appear in Sean Levy's untitled Star Wars movie as well. I heard that one, yeah. Um, yeah, his quote was very vague, as they always are. But Daisy Ridley also said in an interview, like referring to her standalone Ray appearance, that's not to say that's all there is. They might test the waters, dip their toes in with this first Ray movie and maybe do a sequel to it um, if it it gets a good response. This is what I'm thinking. Or at Um, least have Ray be this character that can kind of thread in and out of these stories. Like hypothetically, you've seen The Matrix. You know the bit with Neo and the the prophecy lady and the kid with the spoon? Yeah. Who's really small and cute but full of absolute wisdom. What if like Grogu is that for Ray? What if she's she's on her journey Mm -hmm. for the Jedi Order and Grogu doesn't say very much, but what he does say is very wise and very astute. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, you got to think, yeah. if, is, they're not going to kill Grogu anytime before The Force Awakens. No, so he's only 50. Yeah, they'll figure out some way to, you know, nudge him aside so it makes sense that he wasn't in the sequel trilogy so he can show up in the new Ray movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm afraid of I'm afraid of him talking. 
<laughs> I, so. Nick and I were discussing this earlier because obviously, like Yoda's speech pattern and everything, like his species is he was he's nine hundred years old. That's probably exactly how his species spoke nine hundred yeah. years ago. Well, um, but then they so, showed Yaddle didn't speak like Yoda yeah, Yaddle at all. doesn't speak like that. So. What the heck is Grogu gonna sound like? It's scary because it's gonna that, it's, that? We, it's gonna make or break him. He's just, just this little cute thing that goes but but right now, and then he's gonna start yeah, being like, "What up, Mando?" <laughs> Sup, Dad? Right? Excuse me. We're gonna go kill some stormtroopers, bro. <laughs> exactly. Um, what if he's got a little southern cowboy accent? Then what? <laughs> what if he only cute. speaks like binary and whistles? <laughs> right. That would actually be pretty funny, but yeah, I think I, I actually, I hope we do see him in the Ray movie just because it makes sense. And, and like you were saying, what if he is, he'd still be very young though, Mm -hmm. but maybe about 90, a hundred. Yeah. Maybe just getting into maybe his Jedi ways. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, that could definitely be interesting. I honestly, I would love to see Grogu go like how Yoda did, you know, but we didn't get to see Yoda go from a kid to 900, but maybe mm-hmm. we can somehow see Grogu go that way. That would be really, that would be fun. That would be like watching Ahsoka grow up from the Clone Wars to now. Exactly. That exactly. Would, I'd be along for that. Regardless of I what I was know. saying about, about uh, Charmino Bajanoi, I do hope that the movie comes out. I think it will. Like I said, I mean, they got Daisy Ridley in, so she's locked in. They're going to put this movie out. Um, she's, she's locked in. Yeah, right? Nice money. You know, I heard, what did I hear? She only made, only I say, but she only made like 100000 or something for The Force Awakens. See, it was, it was like, I've seen rumors that her current contract for this new movie is a solid like $20 million. See, I thought it was like 12 12.7, I thought they said. Twelve. Yeah. But to go from 100000 to 12.7 mm-hmm. in just under, what, 10 years... I would kill for that kind of a race. You know? Well, I would as well. I also um, like. I love that she's she's been doing a lot of like independent and smaller kind of theater and cinema productions. So that's been really cool to see. Like she's she's keeping the wheels turning. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's all been in preparation for Ray. She, she's played she some was, more self-reflective um, roles. She's played a mother. Like, oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, like a lot of the. It's funny. A lot of these Star Wars actors end up like either starting in independent stuff or going back to it after Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Unless you're this, Mark Hamill, he didn't do anything. I mean, well, I don't want to say Love that. I mean, Mark. He, no, he did. He did voice the Joker in in Batman, so you know that that was huge. But I mean, really, when you look at it, Carrie Fisher did some decent movies and stuff after Star Wars. Obviously, Harrison Ford's had a hell of a career. And, uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill just—he didn't. Uh, I think he got like. I even think he said it that he was basically typecasted. You know, like, oh, you're Luke Skywalker. And I mean, I think now that he's old, he embraces that. But but at that younger age, I think it bothered him. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think Ray, like the people that came out of the sequel trilogy, for me, acting wise, was Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. I thought they. They killed it, 100%. those movies. They did some, uh, you know, aside from the Harrison Ford and, and Carrie Fisher and Luke, I mean, I'm talking about newer actors. They they did a hell of a job. They were bright spots in it. I'm curious to see where Ray is 15 years after. What are they doing? It, it'll be it'll be interesting. So, and I don't like the sequel trilogy, but I'm curious to see what's going to happen next. You know, I mean, 
You will a, one day. <laughs> I think I'm one of those fans of, of sound mind. <laughs> you know, like I don't like it, but I I'm not out throwing stuff at people for liking it either. And yeah, see, we're still friends, and yet we disagree. That's absolutely yeah, fine. Right. But we also both like The Force Awakens a lot, so I think that helps. We do. We do. <laughs> that is a, a universal crowd pleaser, I feel. The Force Awakens. You can't not like The Force Awakens. If you don't like The Force Awakens, you've got problems. You've got problems. I can't say that. I'm sorry. <sighs> Cut that out. <laughs> no, it's staying. <laughs> it's you're not You're not that serious about it. but No, not really. <laughs> but no, I mean, you make a good point that that particular film was so much star wars like regardless of what the next two did that movie felt like oh okay this is star wars yeah i mean you didn't have to question it at all i know people that like absolutely hate the next two movies that love the force awakens it's just the way it goes um i think what we're gonna move on did we talk about ahsoka two season two at all we we briefly mentioned it. Um, it was very, very sneakily snuck in at the bottom of the press release for this new Mando and Grogu movie. They just popped in the bottom paragraph about, oh, Soka season two's been being done. And everybody collectively lost their minds because it's obviously we, we knew there'd be a season two, but it was just oh, yeah. really, really nice to have it confirmed. Um, I recently started rewatching Ahsoka. I love it as much as I did the first time around. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really have to say about it is, yeah, we knew the way it ended, it has to have another season. <laughs> you know, the only thing I really want to see out of it is a recasting of Balin Skull to continue his story, because I still, I think that his story arc is like the most intriguing thing that we've had in Star Wars lately. And, and they need to recast him. Sorry, that sucks, but... We need to see where this character was going, what he's doing. Give Russell Crowe a call. I don't know. Gerard Butler, somebody. Yeah. I mean, but uh, that's all I can really say about it. I'm excited to see. Oh, no, I did have a question for you about it. Um, just scrolling through my notes here. Where do you think like season two is going to really focus? Do you think it because it's called Ahsoka? Do you think we're going to see most of it beyond Parid Paridia, Paridia, Paridia? I don't know, hmm. like, because we have that whole Thrawn and Ezra and Hera thing. I just don't want to see Ezra and Hera try to go back and rescue Sabine and Ahsoka because, oh my god, that would just be a rehash of season one. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I'm sure there will be some rescuing and some daring space chases. Um, I'd like to stay with some of the characters of Rebels. Like, I understand how important they are to Ahsoka's story, but I would like to see more focus on Ahsoka, her character. I think Rosaria Dawson really, really kind of captured it in Ahsoka, and I want more time with that. I want more time with her as Ahsoka. I really hope they continue to follow this story with Balin to find out what he was searching for. I really want an update on Shin. I want to know how she's doing. Queen, love her. Right. That's my wife. <laughs> Get in line. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think the Sabine and Shin shippers would uh, give you a run for your money. I think they would fight fight you to keep you away because Wolf Wren is very very popular. I would like to point out. That's fine, but I don't I don't think Shin could resist the beard. Yeah, yeah, especially with Bait. It's it's giving daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I wasn't I'm even going terrible. There. <laughs> I was just saying my beard is quite majestic, so it's my charm. 
<laughs> I honestly, honest anything, any, just I love it. I think As- As- Ahsoka was such a beautiful series as well, visually. Just more of that kind of felony fleck. If it mm, mm, delicious. And I also think that a lot of the people that didn't care for season one, I'm assuming at least that they're going to watch season two and be like, oh, that's why we saw this. Ah, that's that why they did sense. that. It yeah. needs that. It really does need that. I think this is one of those season or seasons of a series that maybe we needed them to have already filmed season two to put it out like this year. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like all these other shows used to be next year, new season, next year, new season, you know? And now with Star Wars, we got, I think, season one and two of Mando year, like a year right after each other and now it's like we're waiting a couple of years obviously the strike now set a lot of stuff back too sometimes i think we need it quicker and and, and this this series i think needed it yeah like i'm great <laughs> news really impatient what's next right Come on. <laughs> i did want to touch on the benioff and weiss stuff that came out i think in yes. um i think it was either deadline or hollywood reporter i did not i have it written down on my computer notes but not on my phone but they were talking about their their Star Wars movie that they were going to do. I loved Game of Thrones. I get the last season. Mostly the finale was rough. But the show as a whole was good. It was really good. They took a streaming series, made it like a movie, and gave us, what, like 10 episodes a year? It, was, it looked beautiful on TV. Um, the acting, the storytelling, all that was super good. And honestly, it's not their fault that the, the end kind of tanked. Mm-hmm. I mean, George R. R. Martin still has not finished that book that they were supposed to use for reference. And they had HBO riding their asses to get the seasons done, written, ready to go. And that's a lot of pressure. They weren't, I don't think that they were prepared for that kind of pressure because George R. R. Martin was supposed to keep them moving mm-hmm. along. And these guys got like, Ahmad Best, George Lucas kind of hate for all of this. Like it was bad what people were doing and saying and and bashing these guys. And I think that these guys are talented and they could have really told a cool story. I personally don't care about this Dawn of the Jedi James Mangold story that's coming out, the beginning of the force, the the birth of the force or whatever. Some things lead need to be left to mystery, right? You're telling me you don't want a detailed explanation of what midichlorians are and why they exist. <laughs> right. No, I don't at all. <laughs> but but it's funny because these guys, what they were making, and I wrote the quote, we wanted to do the first Jedi. Basically how the Jedi Order came to be, why it came to be, the first lightsaber. Okay. It's still kind of the first with some ex- explanation, but it's not discovering the force. It's not what the force is about, which I think is what this James Mangold thing is going to be. They were asked what went wrong. Benioff says Lucasfilm ended up not wanting to do a first Jedi story. We had a very specific story in mind and ultimately they decided they didn't want to do that. And we totally get it. It's their company and their IP, but we weren't the droids they were looking for, which is funny that they said that, but, uh, but then here they are, you know, here's Lucasfilm now making kind of that same type of movie. (laughs) They, mm-hmm. they 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 basically looked outside and they went, oh my god, everybody hates these two guys. See ya. We don't want to deal with you, kind of like they did with Patty Jenkins. Um, yep. Now I worry about the Bajanoid like business. It mm, no, yeah. I don't like it. Right. 
I feel like these guys, they could have, in my opinion, made a good movie if they if they were allowed to. I just I, I don't I, I guess my point was, was that I think that, that they're good at what they do and they don't deserve mm. the hate that they got. They still did a great job with Game of Thrones for the most part. I love it. I want to rewatch it, but at the same time, I don't want to watch the last episode. <laughs> yeah, we're we're planning to watch it with Sydney at some point because she's never seen it. Whereas, like Nick and I, like uh, I I was there for the final season, like going around a mate's house every week, sitting down all together, watching it, being like, "What?" Yeah. Um, I was alive. I was conscious. I was there for that. So I'm excited to rewatch it again. But I think we may just skip the final season we also wanted to play the game of showing her the first episode and the last episode and being like what do you think that would be a weird way to do <laughs> and then being like what do you think happens in between these two tell tell me nice uh, just it, it ended pretty well i wasn't one of the people that was like super upset about it but i was just kind of like what but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because they're finally they finally came out and sort of said yeah, what it was, their movie I, was going to be about. Now you've spoken about, it, I remember kind of reading that article when it dropped. It, it was interesting to find. I wonder if their NDA kind of ran out. You know, like they finally free of us be and being it, allowed I, to speak about it. I find it funny that they're working on a project with Ryan Johnson uh, with Netflix. I forget what it was called. I didn't didn't care enough to write it mm. down but uh they made a another comment in in that article and it says um about them calling they wanted to call it the first jedi <laughs> and, like, and we were so annoyed and we were annoyed as hell when ryan johnson called his movie the last jedi, last jedi. <laughs> he completely destroyed the obvious title for what we were working on and i think they were just jokingly saying it because they're friends with him. Yes. but uh i thought that was a pretty funny thing but yeah, again, you know, we can look. I made a little list. Lucasfilm, Patty Jenkins, Benioff and Weiss, maybe Kevin Feige, Damon Lindelof, Justin Simeon. What the heck is going on at Lucasfilm, Charlie? I mean, doesn't like I asked you at the beginning of our episode, does this kind of need to fall onto Kathleen Kennedy a bit or is it someone above her that's, you know, puppeteering it all? I will defend Kathleen Kennedy to lad blue in the face. That woman does not deserve the grief that she gets. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, no, because she's um, very successful. Think, <laughs> yeah, she's extremely... She's extre yeah. George, people forget, George Lucas handpicked her. Handpicked. Right. Um, and I trust that man. I think this is... It's been a, a continuous kind of domino effect from the issues with um, Iger leaving, Chapek taking over absolutely trying to have his cake and eat it, messing the parks up, messing the Disney shows and film schedules up. And then Iger had to come back and has had to try and sort this mess. Plus all of the Bill stuff going on in Florida with Ron DeSantis. Mm. It's just been nonstop for them as a country while still trying to make money, while still trying to restore the parks post-pandemic. And I think maybe because Marvel is potentially slightly more of a consistent moneymaker. I don't know, though, because Marvel has also run into its own share of problems like yeah, Star Wars with theories about so. female characters and female directors and writing and woke agenda. <laughs> <laughs> the list continues. So I, it's very, very difficult. And I can imagine it's very difficult to make any kind of film or movie with a story or a point or something to say when we're sort of boiling in a culture war at the moment. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I feel more like it's somebody above her saying, no, don't do yeah. that movie. Don't do that series. Do this one instead. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've said this so many freaking times, not even just on the podcast, but not that Kathleen Kennedy's a creative, but 
I mean, she's not telling. Not, she shouldn't no, be no, telling no. the she's stories. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, let the creators create. I get it. You yeah. fund them, but like Bob Iger said that thing a while back, where you know maybe you know some executives need to sit in on on these uh, like story group meetings or whatever. No, get the hell out of no. there, dude. What Leave are you doing? Leave the writing room. Yeah, Go you away. know, you know, money. You have people that know marketing, but you are not a storyteller. GTFO, you know, <laughs> like yeah, it's and that's why I I personally don't care either way about Kathleen Kennedy. I just, as I always say, I want Star Wars to tell good stories. All of that, mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be somebody above her pulling the strings. They're telling her which way to go, and she wants her job. She likes her job. She's going to go in that direction. I, exactly. And and no, I'll mm. agree with you. She doesn't deserve the hate that she gets. I mean, mm. she's just she's doing a job, and and yeah, she was a part she's of doing all of job. these. She's trying her best. <laughs> yeah, she was part of all this other successful stuff. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. everybody, I think loves season one of the Mandalorian, right? Well, look who's mm-hmm. on the producers list of that. Yep. I mean, she's there, so it's not like she's the one producing crap. You know, <laughs> like. No. It's just sometimes that's how things go. But I just wonder if at some point they they throw the blame on her or are they going to let her write out her contract? And then who knows what will happen after that with Star Wars. I, I have no idea anymore. But something else positive, I guess. And or season two. Did you hear anything about that? Um, just that the, the wheels are turning again. It's kind of back on. It's moving. Diego Luna was interviewed um, Deadline, I think. God, I have it written down, but my notes, even typed out, my notes get messy. Uh, (laughs) This was last week now, so I started these notes when we, I think we were going to record late last week, but I couldn't. He said last week that he has seven, I have seven days left to shoot. Tomorrow I'm flying back to London and we're finishing this. So as we're speaking, it's probably pretty close to wrapping, I would think. You know, I'm not the hugest. That's exciting. Right? I'm not the hugest Andor fan, but that's cool. Uh, I, I look forward to watching it more for characters like Mon Mothma, Bix, Luthen Rail, Saw Gerrera, some of those monologues these characters did. Oh, my God. But uh, the No Way, no, One Way Out episode was super good. Did you Have you noticed that a lot of people call that episode No Way Out? Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's just funny to me because it was one way out. There was only one way out. It feels like one of those like, Mandela effect things. <laughs> right. Totally. It's totally a Mandela effect. That's great. I love that you're aware it's, of those. Oh, my God. It's a Star Wars tradition, though, because people always say, Luke, I am your father. And he doesn't say that. He says, no, I am your father. You know where that came from, right? I, uh, I, oh, I thought you were going to no. say it. Come on. What were you going to say? No, I'm too embarrassed to get it wrong. No. I I'm I might be wrong, but I I'm thinking it came from Tommy Boy. Ah uh, no, I was going to say, is it like from like the one of the Family Guy parodies of Star Wars? Oh uh, no no no, much earlier I think because in, he's talking into his fan in his office and he's like la, 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 Luke, <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's where like the change was, not the change, but when everyone started saying it that way was right around then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because you can still catch people on that one. The, yeah. You'll be talking, oh, I love Star Wars. And then they'll say that. And it's like, no. Yeah. Fake fan. Fake fan. <laughs> right. Let me let me put on my Star Wars snob glasses and, and correct yeah. you. <laughs> well, actually. Yeah. Um, it's actually. <laughs> but no, that's exciting about Andor. 
that's cool that that it's almost done. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, in, I'm interested to see how that one goes. Uh, I really I kind of want to rewatch season one. I got to make time for that because you should. You know, it's sensational. It's like if, I wish they had like um like for the last Jedi, you can fast forward right through Canto Bite and not miss anything. I wish there was that kind of a situation in and. <laughs> No, because Andor's all talking like it's all it's it's all in the deep, passionate monologues that the characters do all the time. That's the. So I just need to drink like three of these cups of coffee, yeah, and, huh? then, and then start watching it. <laughs> Matchstick your eyes open like this, right. because there is there is really good stuff embedded into that. There is, but it um, is it is it is quite dry sci-fi. Yeah. And you you have to be like at least semi knowledgeable about Star Wars. You've got to be at least kind of semi in it and <clears throat> committed to the wider aspects of storytelling that are available within Star Wars. And I think it was such a bold move to go so high budget, so long form with it, and for it to be so unexpectedly good. The amount of people who say Andor was kind of what turned them kind of back on to Star Wars and back mm. being a Star Wars fan because it was just so good i could bang on about andor for hours please stop me <laughs> so i think the the biggest thing that got me was the first i think they what did they release the first two episodes of that series season I think so yeah so at least the first episode felt so much like blade runner to me that i'm like oh this <clears> is gonna be freaking wild and then it was like a couple episodes of sleeping and then it picked up and then sleeping and picked up and then like the last like chunk yeah. of episodes were much much easier to focus on but mm-hmm. i think maybe that's where it kind of fell flat for me was it felt like it was going to be blade runner he walks into that brothel and it just it had that feel to it and then it did kind of like a big switch but it's not bad i mean it's not bad i i'm sure it's freaking i know it's some of people's uh favorites that's just me that it didn't hit super hard but I want to give it another hmm. shot. I, I mean, I, I want to rewatch season three of Mando just to see if it's as bad as I remember it being, you know, but I'm afraid to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, same. I can't bring myself to. It wasn't my favorite. I wish I loved it more. I really so tried. So we'll have to see for our... these movies and stuff, I suppose. Ooh. I know. I really tried with our after shows of Mando to, to be very positive about it, but then thinking back to it, I'm just like... I don't know. Some of it was really good. Some of it, not so much. Like they showed yeah, the Shadow Council. I thought that was really cool. We got to see uh, Captain Pellian from the Expanded Universe books make an appearance on a hologram. But th- yeah, I mean, there was good stuff, but it just, it was B team, like Leto said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So when I finish my rewatch of season two, I will probably jump off into, you know, something else, maybe Andor. Mm. I don't have anything else, Charlie. Do you? I have nothing I think you left. Do. you have nothing left? I No, I do. I have a couple of little bits. Um, I guess really the only thing I wanted to say, since I am turning 30 this year, I would like to wish a very happy 30th birthday to Kevin Smith's film Clerks, which came out in 1994. If you guys haven't seen it, um, you, you really should go and watch it. It is absolutely one of those classic pieces of cinema that it just it's just perfect from start to finish. And there are two characters... And they have a very, very intense discussion about Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and which is a better film. And I can hands down say it is one of the most human, 
genuine and accurate discussions between friends about Star Wars I've ever seen put onto screen. It's just perfect. I think it takes up a good like 15 minutes of screen time where the camera is just static on these two friends, just back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, happy birthday, Clerks. You're a brilliant film. I need to rewatch that. It's been it's been a very long time, but all of those movies mm. were really good. Very, very much so. Yeah, if you, just, if you haven't watched any Kevin Smith films, do. They're all really good. Apart from maybe like two, but it's personal preference. Awesome. I think, I think, I don't want to end on anything super, super negative, but um, obviously there was a little bit more drama in Star Wars this week mm. uh, with a certain YouTuber and some certain comments, but I won't give him any more airtime. But what I did want to talk about was the insanely positive response from the larger side of the fandom, which got <clears throat> the hashtag Star Wars is for everyone trending across all social media, top to bottom. And it was beautiful to see so many creators that I follow, especially all of these powerful, talented, like outspoken, wonderful women stepping forward and being like, you know what? I do love Star Wars. Star Wars is amazing. It's been there for me since I was. That was just really, really lovely to see. I, I don't often forget how amazing the Star Wars fandom is, but it's always lovely to see kind of a, a rush of that and people pushing the things that they love so much about. A franchise that has shaped so many of us and had such an impact on so many of our lives. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and that dude's wrong. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. just on the simple fact Everything of me. Said. <laughs> yeah, just me growing up as you know. I mean, I had my moments of not being a Star Wars fan just because I was a little kid, you know, and there wasn't anything new coming out. But how many girls growing up have I met? that said they wanted to be princess leia you know when they were little mm -hmm. and some of them mm -hmm. still as adults there's always been a female presence in star wars that this dude just like came up with this stupid crap you know and and tried to get a professional to talk about it which was hilarious to me uh mm. like like i've said i i i've listened to some of his things over the years and i agree with some things that he says but this this was just so far out there that I'm like, you're kind of digging a hole, you know? <laughs> like, what are you doing Anna, with this? He, he has continued to dig a hole. Um, really? And it, I don't, I really don't think that it had the effect that he was maybe intending it to have. Instead, mm. people have turned around and gone, ew, that's gross. Don't say that. That's wrong. <sighs> Um, he plied this poor woman into a situation where she openly admits she's never seen Star Wars, any Star Wars, feeds her this weird little narrative about what Star Wars is like and what's going on. And she she goes off the back of that. So it's a straw man argument. Of course, it's going to like go up right. in flames. I don't like you said, I don't want to give it too much airtime, but I just don't understand right. the whole the whole purpose of it all, I think, was just so stupid. And it was just more or less probably just to get more people watching his channel and mm -mm. making more money because he's trying to make some fanfic animation. So he probably needs more money to do it. Mm -hmm. and that's probably all it was. And I mean, congrats to him for fueling the fire and, and accomplishing his goal. Cause I'm sure he probably did. Cause people are going to go and be like, Oh, I want to know what this guy's saying. And, and they're going to mm -hmm. go and get him the clicks and I won't do it. I, <laughs> I won't, I won't watch yeah, anything. He I says won't either. I, I, um, I am going to very, very quickly tell you guys about some of my favorite, favorite cosplayers and creators. I've only got a few. That There are so many more. The list would go on for hours that you should go and follow and check out and say hi to and support because every single one of them I love to pieces and it's a pleasure to know them through this community. Um, Jacobella Luongo is an absolutely incredible woman. She does an awful lot of charity work. 
<clears throat> with terminally ill children in Star Wars cosplay. She's done Leia, Rey, Padme, Ahsoka, you name it, she's done it. Absolutely smashed it out of the park. Was really, really influential during the strikes with kind of educating the cosplay community about what was good and what wasn't good. Um, her Instagram handle is just her name, Jacopella Luongo. Absolute treasure. I love her to pieces. Um, next up on my list is Nikki, also on Instagram as Mandalorian Princess. She is... 16 and one of the most passionate young Star Wars fans I think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. She's incredibly passionate about Star Wars Resistance and, and shows that I don't have much experience with, but obviously means so much to her. Um, she's an incredible cosplayer. I think in the year of having her account, she's done over 60 different costumes from Star Wars that include Jeez. OCs, extended universe, comic book characters, she wants nothing more than to share her passion with the rest of us. And I think that is so beautiful and something that should be really nourished. Awesome. So if you like your closet cosplay, if you like your closet and budget cosplay, go and check out Nikki's page. Love her to pieces. The tiniest of moments for my friend Rebecca, or you can find her on Instagram as Rebecca Lee Cosplayer. She's a massive, massive part of Rebel Legion, does an awful lot for the community, uh, speaks constantly and passionately about um minority and uh, representation issues within Star Wars and how we can work as a fandom to improve that and make that better. Um, she was obviously very, very vocal about these comments made by this other Star Wars YouTuber, and it's been lovely to see the community come behind her and support her. She's an incredible cosplayer. She does Rey, Leia, Padme. She does a Rex cosplay, which is really cool. She built the whole thing herself from scratch. It's nice. immaculate. An absolute, absolute star. I think, for now. One day I will do a proper episode where I invite all of these wonderful people on and we'll have a huge big chat and we'll all talk about Gertie's loving Star Wars and it'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, go fill your, your social media feeds with these amazing, amazing creators and cosplayers because that's what makes Star Wars good. The community, us. You left one out. You left one out, Charlie. Who did I leave out? Someone that is uh, very popular for doing a Ray cosplay and apparently a uh, Hera cosplay too yeah i debuted a cos test of my hero costume this week oh my goodness yeah i go and give me a follow if you haven't already find me at running back to jacku um i don't just do ray anymore i also do space mommy queen legend hero which is crazy the costume is really cool. The makeup's really cool. I can't wait to take her to a con. It feels really weird. I feel like I'm betraying something in me, doing anyone but Ray. <laughs> but it was one of my most popular posts that I've made in a long time. So obviously, I'm not the only person who loved it. All of you guys loved it as well. Thank you. And thank you to the four or five people who've messaged me this week being like, hey, I checked out your podcast. I really liked it. I had a really good time. Wow, that's cool. Pulling them in. Sucker in the mint, come and listen to us natter for an hour and a half. Alright, well, I think we are going to cut out of here. Oh, one last bit. I told Charlie before we started recording, due to eight billion projects I have going on now. Yeah, I know, I'm just gonna hit my monitor with my lightsaber. No, um <laughs> We're gonna kinda cut down to like maybe every other week for the next couple of months probably i think once the bad batch season three kicks in we'll we'll get back to a weekly situation but until then mm -hmm. that's why we kind of 
haven't uh, we haven't been very consistent lately, and a lot of that is due to me just having a lot of things to do and a lot of things going on. So Shame. I know. Shame. But, but hey, you know, I mean, I could give you the reins. You could do it by yourself every week. Scary. Do you want to do, do all it. that? <laughs> No, you do it. You do it. (laughs) So look for us like every other week. Um, I mean, we have Mm -hmm. 132 episodes. If you haven't heard them all, you can in Mm -hmm. between listen to one of those. I noticed uh, one of ours that that has really gotten some heat lately. This was like episode, I think, 38 or 39. It was one Lido and I did about our top five Lucas era um, moments in Star Wars. And I've seen that one get a huge uptick lately in, in numbers. I think I even shared it on our Instagram a couple weeks ago because I, I noticed that we had a we had a really fun. I remember that discussion. It was a really fun chat about just the things that we really loved, and uh, I think we went pretty deep with that. So if you guys haven't checked out, it's either episode thirty eight or thirty nine. I know we did a top five Lucas era, and then we did a top five Disney era mm-hmm. right after that. So y'all should check those out. You know, in our off you weeks. Should. The the older episodes of Clone Army Radio are absolute gems. Like I, I love going back and listening to the back catalogue in the before time, before I was here. <laughs> the before Charlie's. <laughs> the BC. But anyways, so yeah, so we'll see you guys like in a couple of weeks. And we uh, shall. Thanks for checking in and let us know what you're excited about with the Bad Batch. Is it Ventress? Is it Please just the Bad do. Batch? Because we are still You guys can I'm so stoked. You guys can find us on Instagram and basically most other social media at Clone Army Radio. So do come and drop in our DMs and tell us what you are excited for because one of the reasons we do this is because we love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. So on that, we'll see you soon. May the Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be with you. Bye. <laughs> la 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 Luke. Luke, I am your father. Admiral Vietnam.